everyone. Welcome back to Prideful Convo Podcast. And we are your hosts, Kay. And Chrissy. If you haven't already done so, please feel free to listen to our previous episode on how far should you, would you, or have you gone for love. In that episode, we discussed our personal takes on what we went through, which included some domestic, mental, physical, and emotional abuse. And also, we discussed how far would we never go for love again. Tune into that episode at any time as it is on our website. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Instagram for more insights. Tuning into this episode, we are going to discuss the importance of upbringing of Latino and Black families and how we personally went through different upbringing lifestyles that brought us together that we can relate to the most. Do you have an upbringing that's difficult? Have you went through any traumatizing things being Latino or Black? Tune in right now. Welcome back, everyone. Today is a gloomy day here in Illinois. Gloomy. Very, very gloomy. But it's okay because, you know. It's freaking raining cats and dogs outside. And happy 2-22-22 day. Woo! My daughter's school has two twos, tiaras, and tie-dye day. Twos, twos, our daughter. Twos, 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 twos. Our daughter definitely has two suits, two suits, suits. She went in tie-dye today. Yep. She wore tie-dye and she is hopefully having a great day. Yeah. Despite the rain outside. But that's okay. Boy, oh boy. Anyways, welcome you guys. We are here and of course we are your hosts, Kay. And Chrissy. And today we are going to discuss um, Latino and black upbringings. Whew. The importance oh, of upbringings. I think that's so important to just... Have people understand and view the importance of what upbringing means? Because I don't think people realize that your upbringing literally will sometimes define you, define you or determine where you end up yeah. in life. And it will make you or break you. And I know some parents are always like, <clears throat> it don't matter where you came from, you know. It's where you're going. It's where you're going. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Like, it definitely, like, if you upbring your kid in a poor environment, yeah, they may have the motivation to get out of it when they're older. But if they don't have the proper resources or the support or the structure to do so, they're not leaving that poor environment or that poor mentality that you provided them with, honey. Like, for real. (laughs) But anyway, Chrissy and I are going to share some of our upbringings and, um... Kind of see if any of you guys can relate to us and what we went through, and you know, hope you hopefully you guys can um, understand where our upbringings are from, and also relate to our stories as well. Um, but yeah, take it away, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> my upbringing was pretty strict, sheltered, um, kind of. It was weird. I don't find that my upbringing is normal to what I nowadays as an adult, independent and out of my household feel that is normal. I feel like now starting basically when it started in my 16s, mm-hmm. my life kind of started to be normal in a way, in a sense, just because that's the age that I left home um, because that is when I got um when I had my firstborn. So, um, that's basically when I believe that my life kind of started. 
Um, but my upbringing was sheltered to the point where, well, I grew up in a very religious, very, very religious household. Um, my parents are Jehovah Witnesses. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, I don't, I didn't celebrate absolutely anything. Mm. There was no birthdays, no Christmas, no Thanksgiving, no Hanukkah, no nothing. Girl, no, no Valentine's Day, no, no Mother's Day, no Father's Day. I didn't know what green beans were until green beans, <laughs> sure. bitch, ham, <laughs> mac and cheese, ham, turkey. What's going on? Nothing. That's so. Wild. I did not know. Um. I do, I am going to admit that that brought me to a lot of rebellion um, growing up because I was so sheltered. Mm. Um, I was sheltered, but I wasn't sheltered. Of course, I couldn't celebrate anything, but um, I got to go out. Um, a lot of people believe that Jehovah Witnesses are like, I don't know, like very, like they don't have parties or anything like that like when there's an anniversary there's huge parties when there's marriages there's big parties when there's you know things like that that don't have to relate to a holiday they would have a party um <clears throat> so that would be my festive getting to know music type thing um my mom did let me express my own music choices growing up, I went through a goth phase, a rock star phase, I did my hip hop phase, my R&B phase, um, I got to, you know, listen to swear words or whatever, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter, <clears throat> but when it came to holidays, that was a no-go, when, when it came to, like, other things of that sort, that was a no-go, in school, we couldn't say the Pledge of Allegiance, because I, I guess that was a sign of disrespect towards the Jehovah Witnesses. Um, did you say the Pledge of Allegiance? So, like, wait, I mean, your parents are not in school with you, so. I did. Oh, okay. I did. I did say it. My brother didn't. Um, my brother's the good sheep in the family. I'm the black sheep. Why do you feel that way? Because my dad, my brother is still a Jehovah Witnesses witness, and I'm not. Um, I don't feel like. I don't, I respect my parents' religion mm -hmm. nowadays, but I don't believe in it. <clears throat> um, I thought that everything that they literally showed me was a lie because they didn't see the things that I was going through in the religion. Like, <clears throat> there were men who were just doing the most towards me because I was always a overdeveloped woman and, or girl, as you want to per se. Um, at that time, mm -hmm. and I don't know, they had strong beliefs that all everybody who was a Jehovah Witness is a is a saint, and I'm sorry, but no, you're not, you're not. And why do you feel like they're not? If there's a Jehovah Witness that is listening to this live, this podcast, you're not a saint, regardless if you went to the little room like we used to call it, and you told all your truth and all your lies to those people they're not jesus they can't tell you if you have sinned or not they can't tell you if you have been rejoiced or rejuvenated they can't tell you that they're not jesus or god you know what you did is what you did and yes you did sin and that's just gonna follow you until you die that's just it when you get to jesus or when you get to god however you may see it 
that's when the true judgment is going to happen. Nobody else can judge you except for them. Period. So how did the Jehovah Witness upbringing of your life, like, structure you differently from any other Latino household? Like, why do you feel like your upbringing was so different from regular Hispanic households? Well, when I went to, when I was living in Puerto Rico for the first time that I was actually living there, um, because I only went to school here in Illinois, Mm -hmm. you know? I only went to school here, and when it was summer vacation, I was sent to Puerto Rico to live with my grandparents, who were Jehovah Witnesses from my mother's side. And when I was over there, it was all preaching from 5 o'clock in the morning to about noon in the afternoon, just walking up hills, dirt, mud, whatever you want to call it, in a skirt and a dress and a freaking umbrella. All day, every day, that was just it. There were occasions where, honestly, I would sit in my bed and I would pray that I didn't have to wake up at 5 in the morning to go preach. <laughs> honestly, because Puerto Rico sun is no is no game. It is no game. I would, I would bathe myself in sunscreen because that would just be... <laughs> <laughs> It'd be harsh. <laughs> It'd be harsh. And it's not... No, because if I took too much sun... I turn into a lobster. I don't turn dark. I mean, I turn dark, but then it goes to red. Mm. So I had to bathe myself in sunscreen, and it was just, it was a no-go. But I don't think that my household was normal. I don't think that I had a a normal Latino um, upbringing compared to how I was living when I actually lived in Puerto Rico um, and got to... By my, I, I moved to Puerto Rico by myself due to love. If you don't understand my story, um, listen to our previous podcast and I have explained it. Um, but before that relationship, obviously I was in a better one where I was under a household and all this stuff. So I got to see how them as not being Jehovah Witnesses and being mm-hmm. Christians mm-hmm. were living. And I got to, you know get to know Christmas, get to know, I got to finally celebrate my daughter's birthday. Um, I didn't give her her first birthday until she was two years old because I was living with my parents and they didn't celebrate birthdays or nothing. So my daughter didn't know any birthday until she was two years old. Um, So I got to know more and more of that stuff. And it's not that the fun brought me closer to it, it's that I also went to church and I also went to you know, to a Christian church. Mm -hmm. And I understood it a lot more than what I would try to understand being a Jehovah Witness. Mm -hmm. So it was just different. And, you know, they actually, there was just so much, I felt more joy. I felt more freedom. I felt more in tuned with myself, more connected with God in a, in a Christian household rather than in a Jehovah Witness household. And it was just so confusing <clears throat> to me growing up because of the fact that my mom, she would be in and out of Jehovah Witness, but try to enforce it so much. You know what I'm saying? So like she was hypocritical. Yeah. There was like times where she would do things <clears throat> that wouldn't qualify as a exactly Jehovah doing or exactly Jehovah, yeah okay and then my father he wasn't really headstrong about it my mom grew in grew up in the Jehovah Witness household because mm-hmm. her parents are Jehovah Witnesses but my father didn't mm-hmm. he basically 
you know, fell in love with my mom and he agreed upon by my grandfather to take her hand if he were to study the Bible. Mm. So he agreed on that. And over the years, he decided to step back, you know, and my mom decided to chase this man down (laughs) and basically enforce it upon him again. And it was just like, it was a lot of up and down when it came to being a Jehovah Witness until, Mm -hmm. I don't know, until I feel like I was about 20 years old that she got back into it really strongly after my daughter was basically born and I was in Puerto Rico. And that's when she she got into it. So, I don't know. I became a black sheep when I got, when I gave birth to my first child and that became a situation in the household because I lost a lot of people. And then when I came out as being a lesbian, it came out even more because I became an even bigger black sheep because at this point, my brother didn't even want to talk to me. Mm. So... And how did that, when did you decide, like, despite being gay and despite, like, you know, not understanding the word of Jehovah um, or Jehovah Witnesses, when did you decide, like, this is just a no-go for me and I am I know my consequences for this and I'm just going to move forward? Even though your your whole upbringing was Jehovah Witness, how did you steer your mentality differently in order to be who you are now? My dad... I've always been able to speak with my father one-on-one. He's my best Mm -hmm. friend. He's my right hand. He's my everything. Um, And when I came out, I came out to him first. Mm -hmm. He was the first one to know about my tattoo first. He's the first one to know about my pregnancies. He he was the first one for everything. So when I came out, um, when I came out as for my sexual preference, obviously I went to him first and I let him know that I knew the consequences that came with it. Um, and I accepted it. I accepted that the people that raised me weren't going to talk to me no more because they're Jehovah Witnesses. Mm-hmm. And I accepted that um, I wasn't <clears throat> going to be treated the same, period. Um, nothing in my mind basically turned except for the fact that I got to know Christianity mm-hmm. and I felt closer to God that way rather than the way that I was being raised, being raised yeah. because honestly, there's a lot of things that go on into the congregation as they call it, um, that just does not come to light. And I feel like that's hypocritical and I respect, I respect my parents' religion, but I believe that the people in there are hypocritical and period. Do you feel like? Now, going through your upbringing and looking back on everything that, you know, you were how you were raised and how you were treated, do you feel that Latinos need to be, or Hispanic heritages need to be more strict with their kids? Um, or do they need no. to listen more with their kids? Or do you feel like they need to structure them in the life that they want to go to? Like, how do you feel? Yeah, I feel like they need to listen to their kids. Because in Puerto Rico, there's a lot of Jehovah Witnesses congregations. There's a lot. Every village has his congregation period and puerto rico ain't that big i mean it's his own little island mm-hmm. you know we're we're sitting on top of a, of a, on an inactive volcano so it's not that big of an island you feel me and there in every village there is a jehovah witness um a jehovah witness like church per se so i believe that everybody who 
all the parents that are Jehovah Witnesses and have their kids in there need to listen to them and understand that those things actually do happen. There are men in the congregation who actually look at your daughters and your sons. It doesn't even matter. It could be women, men or women looking at your children different. You know, yeah. we're all sinners. That's just how it happens. And definitely listen to them and make them make it accessible for them to talk to you. Because for me, I couldn't talk to my parents, not even honestly, not even my dad. I couldn't talk to him about what was actually going on within the congregation and how these married men were looking at me and treating me. So, yeah, that's that's what I would tell them. Would you tell that to just Jehovah's or just Latinos in general? Latinos in general. Just listen to your kids because there's, there's a lot of parents. I mean, when I wasn't in a Jehovah Witness household and I would listen to the stories of my partners, like, yeah, households were strict, you know. Um, sit down, don't move. There's a lot of screaming. You know, Puerto Ricans have a have a reputation for being loud. Yes, we are loud. You can hear Peppa from the top of the mountain all the way to the down to the bottom. You like, if somebody needs a Frito, then you gonna know somebody needs a Frito. So I feel like if you can be that loud, you know, listen to your kids when they're trying to be loud, mm-hmm. and they're trying to explain to you something. You know, don't just hush them up and say, "Nah, that's not gonna happen" or "That doesn't happen," because right. it does. It does. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're in a, a small island and you're limited to some options, like little kids are going to be the first option. Okay. Either little kids or young adults, they're going to be the first option because they're the newest generation, you know, and a lot of older men are just tired of their generation. So, you know, just listen to your kids. Nice. Well, Chrissy, thank you so much for sitting in the hot seat and telling us about your upbringing. We are going to take a break, you guys, and we will tune back in for more Prideful Convo Podcasts. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, everyone. We are back with Chrissy sitting in the hot seat telling us about her Hispanic upbringing. Dun, dun, dun. Chrissy, take it away. All right, guys. Um, I did leave off on the last one as to, you know, older men wanting the new generation that's coming by. And a lot of um, young women out there who are just not with it. You know, obviously they want their generation. They don't want an older man unless, you know, you're into that, then that's fine. Um, No judgment here. Um, but for the most part, there is a lot of women, young girls, who are just not into that. And they go home and try to tell their parents, and they just don't listen. And my biggest advice to you parents um, is make it accessible for, first First of all, make it accessible for your children to talk to you. Um, and second of all, listen, you know. And this is general, all Latinos, I believe, just need to listen to their kids because we're the first ones to say that's not true that's not going to happen to you this this, isn't that and sometimes there's a lot of latino women who i have seen personally and this is generalizing all latinos you know puerto rican mexican brazilian spanish i don't know whatever you may be latino um 
there's a lot of women out you, out there that you know you guys don't have a husband but you guys have children and get into a relationship and think that your boyfriends aren't looking at your daughters and in reality they are you know and you need to listen to your daughters when they come to you and tell you hey your boyfriend is coming to my room at night or your boyfriend is talking to me in some type of way when you're not here and you're at work you know believe them mm. ask questions talk to them you know and from my personal standpoint um when I did have my firstborn, I was living with a certain family. And if you're, if when I was to go to my mom and say, hey, this is what's going on, this is what's happening, this, this, and that, and she didn't believe me because I moved out and I was just rebellious, like, even though I'm not following your religious guidelines and I did have a baby at a young age and I did move out. Mm-hmm. or whatever listen to me know that i'm i'm in trouble you know don't mm-hmm. just expect me to be okay because you think that i'm okay right you know so if like i don't know i feel like that's just a latino thing but from my personal experience my mom didn't listen to me and i got thrown down some stairs you know pregnant and all so it's like so you feel like because of that, you know, and how your mom raised you and stuff, you, do you feel like that left you with being who you are today? Did that make you who you are today? Or did that, that allow you who I am to today. be someone else <clears throat> who you became today? Like, who you are now? Do you feel like you, if you would have followed your mom and followed her, you know, just said whatever, you know, or listened to every single word, do you feel like you'll be different? Or, yeah, most definitely I would be different. So you feel if like I, the path that you took was what's best what was best for you? I do believe I'm I I don't have any regrets. I have um I do have a regret, <clears throat> but I have a regret, but I don't have any I feel like the path that I chose made me the strong woman that I am today. Mm. If I was to follow my mom's path, I would still be sheltered. Yeah, I would probably not have a child at a young age. And I don't know where I would be right now, to be honest. I don't know if I would be married. I don't know. (laughs) But I know that I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know anything that I know today. And Kayla can really speak on that because even though I was in a normal household, technically, According to society, I was in a normal household from about 20, from 20 years old to basically, you know, now. Me being with Kay, I've, I, I, I'm getting to know actual life Mm -hmm. with her. I was, you know, my mom, it was all about the Bible. You know, I wasn't taught certain things. I wasn't. I didn't learn certain things, right? you know, money-wise. I don't know how to, you know, actually get money because for Jehovah Witnesses, money should not be a priority. It goes God first, family. Money is all the way at the bottom, mm. all the way at the bottom. And I'm like, how do y'all go about that? Because if you're struggling, like, okay, you can definitely pray to, pray to God, but you need to, you need to help God help you. That's the mentality that I have right now, and I don't feel like that's the mentality that they have right that they have. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm learning a lot of new things. And I feel like if I were to have followed my mom's path, I would be so my mom's path or my parents' path because they eventually did get back together. My parents' path, I would be so oblivious to so many things that I don't know. I don't know. Being scared kills you. And I feel like I would probably be dead because you get sheltered so much that it's it's ridiculous. You don't really know life until you become rebellious and you leave. Mm. Okay. Well, Chrissy, thank you for, again, thank you for coming today and sharing your upbringing with us. Uh, is there anything you want to give advice to Hispanics out there, Jehovah Witnesses, or young Hispanic girls or boys who are struggling to deal with their upbringings? Um, being Hispanic or being gay or being you know, trying to leave their Hispanic upbringing or home. Any advice? Listen. Open your ears. Communication is key. I, I did know somebody else who was gay in the Jehovah Witness congregation and now is married to a man and she's not happy. And she says that she did it just to make her parents happy because she wasn't willing to lose them as I have lost basically my family. But my advice to all of you that are in that position, listen to yourself. You know, if your parents really love you how they say that they love you, they will want you happy and not suffering. Mm-hmm. And for parents, listen to your kids, man. We're all God of we're all children of God. If God didn't want us here, he would, He has the power to take us away. At any time, at any moment, we could go to sleep and not wake up. Right. If he didn't love us, he could, the same thing. We're all God's children. He loves us equally. Period. Listen yeah. to your kid and just, you know, let them be happy if they want to be happy with what they want to be happy. If you want to stay a Jehovah Witness, hey, stay a Jehovah Witness. If you can't stand other Jehovah Witnesses talking about you, then what you're preaching is a lie. Mm. Because you guys keep, the, the I mean, your guys' main motto is the no judgment. But there's a lot of judgment, and y'all got to open your eyes to that. There's a lot of judgment. You guys judge when somebody become, makes a sin, okay, but you ain't got no right to judge because you probably, ju- you probably sinned yourself. So who do you have to judge, you know? So just just listen. Be let them be happy and children cooperate you know kids cooperate the same way hey it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay that's all I can say to the kids that are Jehovah Witnesses and probably went through the same thing or are going through the same thing or are feeling the same way that I I was feeling at that time it's gonna be okay let your light shine and come out and be free amen to that Well, everyone, once again, this episode was strictly for Latino upbringings and a little light on Crystal's personal upbringing as Jehovah Witness, who is, in fact, a part of our LGBTQ community and who also is um, no longer a Jehovah Witness or at least was never a Jehovah Witness, but believes in her own path and her own guidance. So thank you guys for listening once again, and we will tune in to a second part, which will talk more about Black upbringings and Kayla's or Kay which is me personal experience with my upbringing and how I feel um, African Americans struggle with their households thank you everyone Peace. peace